Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, the Prime Minister promises Canada will impose a hard cap on emissions from the oil and gas sector. Science is clear. We must do more and faster. So that's the pledge and the call I bring to this historic meeting. Jason Kenney announces emission reduction projects in Alberta. We believe the path forward to address the climate challenge is not punishing people for living normal lives, but rather investing in technology that can make a huge difference. And staff and visitors to Senate workplaces will be faced with a mandatory vaccination rule. Any politician who wants to come downtown in Ottawa and, and head up to Parliament Hill, if they wanted to go have lunch at a restaurant, they'd have to show a vaccine passport and they don't have to show it in the House of Commons or they don't need one for the House of Commons. It's Tuesday, November 2nd. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. We're joined by Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Mark. So the Prime Minister is once again today at the COP26 summit in Glasgow, and yesterday he announced that Canada would be putting a cap on emissions from the oil and gas sector, and already that's obviously provoked a lot of reaction. There are some people who are supportive of it, and others like Jason Kenney, the Premier of Alberta, who say it's the wrong approach. Uh, what are some of the dynamics around uh, this announcement by the government and and how others are approaching it? So the Prime Minister came to Glasgow with pretty much a no-surprise announcement. The cap on uh, emissions from the oil and gas sector was announced during the campaign. Uh, the previous Environment Minister has been signaling that this is coming for a while. Uh, in fact, I think the criticism of, of Trudeau and his uh, newly elected government there is that they they arrived there with a plan that was strong, but one, again, where the details are shaky. And Jason Kenney is indeed right. The Prime Minister is going to have to consult with the provinces to do this. Uh, Stephen Debeau, the, the new Environment Minister, was saying... You know, this is the way it works. So, you know, yesterday when I was watching the proceedings, there was one speaker who actually made me sit up and take notice, and it was the Queen. Uh, the Queen was supposed to be there in person, but instead she did a video address. And she talked about the difference. She said, I understand, I'm paraphrasing her here, but I'm not doing her voice. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the, the the Queen said, um, there is there's governing and politics but then there is statesmanship. statesmanship. She talked about how her late husband, uh, Prince Philip, and her son, her successor, uh, this has been an issue for them for decades, and that there is statesmanship that needs to be done at COP. And I think that's what we're seeing there at, at this conference, is there's a lot of talk about governing, and there's a lot of talk about politics. You know, that just for Justin Trudeau, all his problems that he's going to have when he leaves Glasgow negotiating with the provinces and governing and politics, and we know that there's a lot of that in what Jason Kenney Trudeau are saying, we're yet to see the statesmanship. And similarly, Joe Biden, the President of the United States, arrived at COP without a climate plan in legislation because Congress is tied up in politics. So I hope the Queen, in her usual elegant way, put her finger on on the frustration that, yeah. that many of us would be having watching COP is that it, it is clear that the time has come for something strong 
and urgent to be done. And all the leaders are talking the talk, and and some of the activists seem happy that that the politicians seem to have got it here. You know, last time uh, there was this time when Donald Trump was pulling people out of climate agreement. So, in 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 many ways, it's a step forward. But as the Queen said, there's politics here, and Jason Kenney sort of stepped right into the middle of what the Queen was saying. I think almost uh, at the same time the Queen was addressing the crowd, Jason Kenney was holding a news conference out in Alberta to remind Justin Trudeau that politics is going to be part of his plan, too. Yeah, and and I suppose um, there will be a lot of people asking, how do we know this isn't just another climate change conference where there's a lot of talk and and uh, targets and and they don't end up being met uh, by many yeah. different countries? Um, but Jason Kenney uh, yesterday announced his own plans, uh, an investment from the Alberta government um, in projects that would reduce uh, carbon emissions, um, and he says you know, the, the Prime Minister should have talked to him more and they could have worked together on that. That's right. But um, one gets the sense that, that Jason Kenney is, is probably just a step behind where everybody is at COP. You know, that um, that a plan um, is not the same as a commitment and a, a conversation about consultations is not where the conversation is at in Glasgow. It does seem to have gone beyond that too. And, you know, the the, uh, the criticism of Jason Kenney is that he's looking for uh, a way out of his own uh, political problems at the moment, too, and, and blaming Trudeau for the problems of the oil and gas sector seems like a conversation from maybe a few months or even a few years ago that, that there is a sense that the world is moving on from this and um, and Certainly Trudeau's cabinet shuffle, which was happening weeks ago today, where he put a leading environmentalist in the the post of environment minister. Another thing Jason Kenney criticized as well. One gets the sense that um, that, that what's, uh, what's going on in Glasgow is some distance from where the conversation is uh, in the fight between Alberta and, uh, and Ottawa right now. Yeah. And I, Two different and, planets, maybe. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, I think I think there is a level of frustration that this this is for, on the part of many people that this is still being talked about uh, in terms of competing interests, um, the protecting the exactly. economy and uh, and and so on. When it when many scientists have described the situation as much more urgent than that, right? Yeah, you know what it occurs to me is what's been missing from this whole conversation is what we learned from the pandemic. And and the idea that if you ask people to wrap their minds and their daily lives around big things and big goals, that they will do it. And that's what I haven't heard at COP. I've heard a lot of talk about what government and industry should do. But so far, and, and I guess it's because, you know, <clears throat> uh, big collective action is needed. But there hasn't been a whole lot of talk about what we as as individuals can do. And that was the talk of the pandemic, is that everybody had to do something and make sacrifices. And I think that's what the the frustration in watching a big conference like this take place is that that it's very easy to have a talk about or, or, or tell governments or industry to do something, but not about what we individually as Canadians can do. And I, I think 
the, the all the conversations would be a lot more powerful if they did have that element to them. Yeah. Because we just did it through a pandemic. You know, it's, uh, yeah. we're still doing it. Yeah, and speaking of that, um, anybody who is, uh, we, we already knew that, that senators will have to be vaccinated uh, if they're going to appear in person uh, at Senate meetings going forward. But now the mandatory vaccination rule has been extended to their staff and to visitors, basically to anybody who wants to to be anywhere near the Senate. Um, and it's interesting to see that uh, going on at the same time as there's still this persistent discussion around the policy that conservative leader Aaron O'Toole has taken with his own caucus. Yeah, I'm I, like uh, former Prime Minister Brian Mulroney over the weekend. I remain baffled why this is an issue. Uh, any politician who wants to come downtown in Ottawa and, and head up to Parliament Hill, if they wanted to go have lunch at a restaurant, they'd have to show a vaccine uh, passport and they don't the idea that they don't have to show it in the House of Commons or they don't need one for the House of Commons. I'm not sure why this is becoming a hill or a, um, a, an issue for O'Toole when it does seem that everything is moving against it. The Senate can usually be counted upon to do this over second thought of this. And now the only people seeming to have second thoughts about uh, vaccine mandates are a few people in the Conservative caucus. It's going to make uh, the end of this month kind of interesting if they don't settle this. Uh, O'Toole keeps telling people it's settled and, and everything's going to be fine, but it hasn't gone away. Yeah. And and it seems as though, and and it, it does have the feeling, I know there are those who, who still, even as they respect the, the idea of... Um, uh, of the, the urgent need for these kinds of measures, they have a level of discomfort with, with, uh, with the insistence uh, on vaccination. There are people out there with that discomfort, but it feels, in many ways, like that issue's been settled and that there's a, a, a universal consensus on this almost everywhere in the country now, um, in terms of institutions and organizations that are putting these measures in place. There are very few outliers and. It just seems strange that a, a federal, a national federal party is one of them. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's probably, it's probably a flawed comparison, but I, I keep thinking about the dress code in the House of Commons. And uh, for years, as long as I've been in Ottawa, and that's a long time, I haven't seen many people getting in trouble for not, for, for not following the rules about wearing a jacket and tie or proper business attire in the House of Commons. A vaccine mandate, yes, it's a different... Um, it, it makes a different demand on the individual, but it is the rules. And these are rules about not just yourself. Being a m- member of parliament is not just about you. It is about, it is about others. And yep. it just, I, 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 I do not understand, uh, the insistence on walking into a place that makes others and in a condition that would make others unsafe too. All right. Susan, thank you very much for sharing your thoughts today. Thanks, Mark. That's Susan Delacourt, columnist for the Toronto Star. We'll cap oil and gas sector emissions today and ensure they decrease tomorrow at a pace and scale needed to reach net zero by 2050. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. In the National Post, Jesse Klein argues Justin Trudeau has declared war on Alberta oil. Klein writes... 
If there was any doubt that Trudeau will pursue his climate goals at the expense of the Canadian economy, it was put to rest by his remarks at the COP26 conference in Glasgow on Monday when he used the International Forum to openly declare war on Alberta's oil and gas industry. That these objectives would be pursued at a time when the economy is still reeling from the pandemic shows even more hubris and lack of judgment. In the Hill Times, Michael Harris argues the Liberal government's spin machine is the only place where Canada looks good on the climate file. Harris writes, The fundamental problem with Liberal climate policy is that it is a tug-of-war between resource development and environmental protection, in which Justin Trudeau still believes he can have it both ways. He has gone through three ministers of the environment who say all the right things while the country's emissions go up. You can't fight climate change with rhetoric, a charming smile, or fluffing up Greta Thunberg. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues G20 leaders have come up short on the climate. The Star writes, G20 leaders representing nations that account for about 80% of global emissions failed to respond effectively to the threat. There was talk of working collectively and affirming commitments and pursuing efforts to keep a lid on temperature increases. The need to strengthen efforts to reach the goals of the Paris Agreement was acknowledged and vaguely, so on and so forth. As climate activist Greta Thunberg might say, blah, blah, blah. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister and Environment Minister Stephen Gilbeau will continue to attend the COP26 conference in Glasgow. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Tuesday, November 2nd. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC for coverage of all the day's events. Our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.